Welcome to another episode of Chic Compass Connection. This podcast will give you a glimpse into the window of the popular Chic Compass magazine, where we feature art, music, design, fashion, dining, and all things chic for the culture-starved audiences of the world. To view our magazine online, visit chiccompass.com. That's C-H-I-C-C-O-M-P-A-S-S dot com. We would also like to thank the Vegas Room in the Historic Commercial Center in Las Vegas, Nevada, for inviting us to their supper club to broadcast our show. So, Amy, today is our first podcast. Yay! And uh, this episode is a little bit different because normally it's either going to be you hosting mm-hmm. or me hosting. Yes. But the first episode we decided, well, let's introduce everybody to the both of us. Yeah. So it's... It's you interviewing me and me interviewing you. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Who wants to... You want to go first? Yeah. You want me to introduce myself? Sure. Okay. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm going to introduce you. Okay. Yeah. See? We're still figuring this out, folks. <laughs> so, Amy, you mentioned you are a drummer and percussionist. Yes. I am currently a UNLV student in the jazz department with uh, Dave Loeb. I'm in, you know, his big band, contemporary ensemble, Latin ensemble. We have an all-girl jazz combo that we just started. Um, I also have my own groups, uh, Rudiments, which is a jazz quartet. It has the unique orchestration of uh, jazz violin, guitar, bass, and myself. I'm also in a neo-soul jazz group called Cora. And uh, we could talk about all those projects. Yeah. So let's let's go back a little bit. Tell okay. me about, because you're in a lot of situations, right? You do a lot of different things. Yeah. So tell me about, do you have a, a main percussion instrument that you specialize in? You know what? Uh, I guess right now, mostly drum set, but I also love playing percussion. I love playing marimba and vibraphone. Um, I also play percussion in the Henderson Symphony Orchestra. That's fantastic. I just love everything. <laughs> for, for, for our listeners who don't know, mm-hmm. everything that the percussion um, label, right? You're a percussionist. Yeah. Explain what that actually means. You know, I guess just anything you can hit with a stick or a mallet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so... There's drum set. And then in the classical world, there might be mallet instruments, which could be the xylophone, marimba, vibraphone, all of that. There's the battery instruments, which is snare drum, bass drum, auxiliary, which is like triangle, tambourine, and then world percussion. And interesting enough, in symphony situations... The percussionist gets paid for each instrument that they double. So let's say a percussionist plays a battery instrument and a mallet instrument on the same concert. They get paid for both. That's great. Yeah. And you could literally be playing a snare drum Mm -hmm. and then in the next eight bars, you could run over and play a bass drum or something else, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's very typical. So you cover a lot of ground. Can I ask you... What made you want to be a percussionist? Mm, Okay. So I think I asked my mother for a drum set uh, for me for Christmas one year. I think I asked Santa. And I was watching a female drummer 
on TV. And I was like, I can do that. That looks really cool. So I guess I just like the energy that the drums bring. Do you remember who the drummer was that you were watching? I have no idea. Probably something on Disney Channel or Nickelodeon. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, And do you... Do you prefer playing drum set? Do you prefer playing a mallet mm. instrument or, you mm. know, orchestral? Do you have a favorite? I don't. I mean, right now I'm studying a lot of jazz, jazz drum set in particular, because that's what I'm doing at UNLV. But I love all styles. I'll play funk. I'll play R&B, anything. That's great. Mm. The world needs more female drummers. Yeah. That's great. That's <laughs> true. Um, so... Tell us about your some of your other projects. You mentioned a, a few different bands that you have. Yes. So Rudiments, we've played at like Jazz in the Park. We've done a little bit of touring. Um, what else have we done? Oh, we have an album coming out very soon. But, you know, with COVID, everything's kind of slow. So our album is called Lost in Thought. And they're all original compositions and arrangements by us. And what type of music is this? Jazz. Oh, so it's a, it's a jazz band. Yeah. Fantastic. Jazz violin, guitar, bass, and drums. In- instrumental music. Instrumental. Right? We also sometimes bring a vocalist in, okay. um, Kaylin Richards. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Jazz in the Park is? Jazz in the Park is an outdoor festival uh, that happens every summer down at the government center here in las vegas here in las vegas and uh they usually have a an opening act which is usually las vegas locals and then they have a main act that they bring in one year they brought in Corey henry who's an organ player right uh they brought in tito puente jr one year Mm -hmm. um Things like that. Yeah, so and that everyone, was nice for you guys to perform there. Oh, yeah, that was phenomenal. Just There was like a couple thousand people there just lounged out in the grass, and people get up and dance. It's great. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else? Did you, you mentioned a couple other groups, right? Okay, so I'm also in a neo-soul group called Cora, and we are all UNLV students, and in Rudiments, too. We're all UNLV jazz students. Okay. That's made up of uh, vocalist, guitarist, bassist, piano, and myself. And those are all original songs. And we have two singles out that you can find on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Um, The first one that we released is called Earthly Love. And then the second one is called Space. And then Cora is spelt with a K, K K-O-R-A. The name of the band is Cora. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so look that up on Spotify, Apple Music, Music. all those places. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. I've been keeping myself busy during quarantine with all these projects because everyone, we can't perform. Right. So we've been recording, (laughs) whether it's separately or together or socially distanced, of course. But all of my work has gone online. I'm sure you feel the same way. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, I think it's been a time for us creative people to be creative, Yeah, you know, since everything else stopped, um, we have to do something, right? And that's what we do. That's what we do. Um, so tell me, obviously, so you mentioned you're at UNLV. Yes. So your classes this fall are all going to be online. Yeah. And tell me, do you have any long-term goals that you're looking for? What are your plans when you graduate? <laughs> um, 
So I started out doing journalism and working at the radio station at UNLV. So of course, I will always love the journalism and marketing aspect of music like this podcast. I'm a part of this podcast because I love talking about art and promoting art. But I'm looking to get my master's in music education. Wonderful. So that, you know, I love teaching so that I could go and be, I don't know, middle school band director or even teach college or anything like that. I just love those two aspects of just a part of the music business, whether it's, you know, I like performing, promoting and education. Great. Yeah. Well, best of luck to you. Yeah, thanks. And it's uh, it's wonderful to be sharing this podcast with you. Yeah, you too. I, you know, I used to come watch you play with Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns at the bootlegger. And I'd be like, oh, you know, all my friends, we'd all line up, all of us from UNLV. We'd be like rocking out. We would go almost every, what was Monday nights? Monday nights. Yeah. So let's, let's, that's a good segue. So oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> so... Tell me about yourself. Actually, I'm curious. What came first, piano or vocals? They kind of they kind of came at the same time, but mm. more piano. Mm. Um, I started taking piano lessons uh, when I was seven. Mm -hmm. And my, my dad noticed that uh, I, whenever we went over to my grandparents' house, my grandparents on both sides they both had pianos mm -hmm. and every time I went over there I was drawn to the piano like mm -hmm. that's the first place that I went and I guess I was kind of just plucking out some melodies at a very young age and mm -hmm. I don't know at least that's what my parents said so they decided we really need to get a piano in the house mm -hmm. so they got a piano and um, found a teacher so I started taking lessons when I was about seven and that was um, a foundation in you know, it was the basic, I think it was the Sham piano method with the books, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and so you learn to read a little bit. You learn to, um, all of that. And I started playing some classical. And every now and then I'd get really frustrated. Like, you know, I want to play some Billy Joel. I want to play mm -hmm. Elton John, you know. Right. Um, so I would kind of pretend in my living room at home, I'd pretend I was Billy Joel or Elton mm -hmm. John, you know, singing and playing. But when I turned 15, I got asked to join a top 40 band. Mm -hmm. And they asked me, um, do you sing? And I just said, yes. Mm. I thought I could sing. Mm -hmm. I guess I wasn't really sure looking back, mm -hmm. but I was just like, yeah, I can sing. Of course. Yeah. And um, so that kind of started my singing and playing career um, just kind of started in top 40 bands. When I got out of high school, it was either going to be go to college, go to music school. Mm -hmm. I, I grew up in Massachusetts, so I was pretty close to Berkeley. Mm -hmm. So it was either try to get into Berkeley or, well, maybe just hit the road and start playing. Right. And I did the latter, <laughs> right? I did the latter. So, just went on the road with top 40 bands traveling around the country. And um, that's really where I feel like I really learned to play mm. and yeah. to sing, right? And to perform. Mm -hmm. When you're doing it all the time, every night, you know, six nights a week, whatever it is. Um, and then I came out to Vegas in 2000. 
Um, my wife and I moved out here and uh, it was really busy then. 2000 was a busy time in Vegas. It was a lot of hotels that just opened, mm -hmm. entertainment everywhere, right? So it was fairly easy for me to like assimilate into the scene, right? So I started with different bands and stuff like that. And eventually was lucky enough to land some shows in some showrooms. Um, and uh, I did a show called Storm at Mandalay Bay. Mm -hmm. And that's how I started working with Jerry Lopez, who is the band leader for Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns. Great. Um, for those of you who don't know who that is, that's a 15-piece horn band mm -hmm. that um, before COVID-19, we were playing every Monday night for literally the last 15 or 20 years. Yeah. And um, so other than that, uh, I get to work with Michael Cavanaugh, who was on Broadway with the show Moving Out. Great. He's... Um, He's just fantastic. We go out and we do, um, we do shows with symphonies. So you know, I see a lot of the percussionists back there running around and you know <laughs> going to this instrument and that instrument. Yeah, always running around. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so we do symphony pop shows. We do some uh, private corporate events, and um, actually, we're going to be doing a live stream at the end. I don't know if this might not be out by the time. Uh, by the time we do this, but uh, the end of September in 2020, we'll be at uh, we'll be live streaming from the space. Oh, great! So we'll see. That's uh, obviously we had a whole string of gigs, yeah. You know, this year, mm -hmm. um, and of course everything got canceled. So um, I've been live streaming just from my house, you know, just solo stuff, and uh, Michael's been doing the same. We've done a couple together. And now we're going to use the whole band. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's kind of, uh, I'm trying to think, I don't know. There's probably a lot of stuff I left out, but. That's okay. I don't know. Ask me so, whatever. So um, for Santa Fe and Michael Cavanaugh, what other things have you been doing with them? Has Santa Fe done any like recording or live stream? <clears throat> so Santa Fe for the last couple of months have been, we've been working on getting live stream going. Mm -hmm. And it's a little more complex because there's 15 of us. So um, we are, you know, very safely in social distancing. We're, we're over at the Copa room right now. And the whole band is spread out. Whoa. We're like, if you walked into the Copa room now, you wouldn't recognize it. Because mm -hmm. the horn section's like way off, you know, where patrons would normally sit in one, in one line with plexiglass in between. Wow. Each of them. And then the singers are, there's three, the three front singers are um, in a line by themselves with plexiglass in front of them. And then the rest of us are kind of up on the stage, wide apart. And the challenge for us, of course, is making sure that the sound is great because yeah. it's a complex mix. There's oh, 15 yeah. people. And they're spread out away from and each other. And we're spread out. So it's we hard. needed a lot of video cameras. Mm -hmm. So we have about eight. There's some eight cameras right now. And um, one of the challenges was, was making sure the room looked looked good. It, in the beginning, it was, it was just really dark. Some of the cameras didn't look good. You know, mm -hmm. we had to figure some things out. They're, they're borrowing some cameras and renting some cameras and doing all that. So um, it's looking like we're going to start up, though, pretty soon. 
Oh, great. She's going to start doing some live streaming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Just, um, just to go in there and rehearse for this stuff has been so much fun. Mm-hmm. We're all just like, man, this... We have so missed playing together. Yeah. You know? Like, when I bring my groups over to rehearse, like, after months of not seeing each other, it's just like this magic happens. It's like, oh, I missed this. It's right. like just the energy in the room changes. Right. Yeah. That's right. And that's really, that's what we're going to be talking about on this podcast is, is people that are um, creative people. Mm-hmm. You, you know, maybe it's a painter or a photographer or musicians, mm-hmm. singers, right? Um, designers. And we'll be kind of talking about that. What, what fuels that creativity for you, right? Where does your passion come from? Um, you know, and I think, I know for me, and maybe I'll ask you this same question. Sometimes we don't necessarily know where that spark comes from. It's kind of like just there. You know, mm-hmm. someone, someone asked me recently, what made you decide to make music your life? And my answer was, I just never could think of myself doing anything else. Right? It, Absolutely. It, like, I almost feel like, it, well, it wasn't really my choice. Yeah. It was just who I am, right? Mm-hmm. It, was, it wasn't a question of, oh, gee, should I be a firefighter? Should I be a architect? Should I be a lawyer? It was, mm-hmm. no, it's, I'm going to be in music in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Did you feel the same way? Oh yeah. Sometimes I sit and I think like, what would my life be like if I wasn't a musician? And then I get sad because I'm like, I, that's like, it's like a part of my soul. Like I would just be nothing without music or art or in taking any sort of art if I did anything else. But I don't know. There's just something about sitting next to like a full violin section and they're all playing harmoniously and you could feel the vibrations and like coming towards you, the music. Because when you sit in the audience, it's a little bit different. But when you're standing in the section, you're absorbed in it. And it's like that with any genre of music, jazz. My gosh, when you're on stage and everyone's reacting to each other and you're watching it all happen, the conversations, it's exciting. It's and kind inspiring. of a, it is. It's indescribable. Uh, mm-hmm. I can still remember the first time being on stage with a full symphony, mm-hmm. full orchestra. And um, where I normally am on the stage is I'm right in front of the violin section. Mm. And like it literally brought me to tears. Yeah. Just listening to them play. Um, so yeah, it's moving, right? And yeah. everybody should be able to experience that. Mm-hmm. It's it's important. Creativity, music, the arts, very, very important, especially now in our society. Absolutely. Or like watching a dancer. That's amazing. I've watched um, painters paint and like, what is that? Like they're painting right there in front of you. And it's like, you're like watching like a flower bloom in front of you or something. It's amazing. Yes. So that's what we aim to bring to this podcast, bringing people on here, inspiring designers and artists of all walks of life to mm-hmm. talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. Where can people find you online? 
You can find me specifically on Facebook or Instagram, just Amy Crosley. Or on Instagram, it's Crosley Drums. For rudiments, you can find us on just rudiments. I think it's it's rudimentary, my dear, on Instagram. And then just rudiments on Facebook. <laughs> and then Cora is Cora.band on Instagram and Facebook. What about you? Where can you people are, find you? You have a lot going on, Amy. Yeah, we, you know, we're musicians. We juggle a lot of different projects. Yeah. <laughs> what um, about you? Where can we find you? People can find me um, on all the main social media, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, my Facebook page is actually Jamie Hosmer Music. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram is Jamie, jamie.hosmer. Twitter is at Jamie Hosmer. Now, I will mention that I do have a cousin named Jamie Hosmer. <laughs> and it has been, um, I have been confused when people will, t- people will tag the other Jamie Hosmer. Oh, that's so funny. Yes. And he loves it, of course. <laughs> so if you're listening, Jamie Hosmer, don't get any ideas. Try to tag the wrong person. <laughs> but yeah, that's happened. So, um, and he's on Facebook too. And it's great because sometimes... Uh, you know, if I'm doing a live stream or Michael's doing a live stream, you know, Jamie Hosmer's watching and it's like, wait, which one? Which one? <laughs> right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's my younger cousin. Mm. So I'm the older one. So <laughs> um, so yeah, you can find me all those places. I also have a YouTube channel, Jamie Hosmer. And um, your bands, do you have any YouTube stuff? Yes. We're working on getting content with Cora, and then Rudiments has a couple... Um, videos up from performances. I think it's just Rudiments Jazz Quartet because Rudiments is a it's a drum thing, like the name. Yes. So if you type in Rudiments, you're going to get like <laughs> all these marching guys. Like Right. So you have to type in Rudiments Jazz Quartet. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, how has COVID, what has changed? Have you guys had to learn new skills because of the changes in our world and our trying, situation trying to think like how do you guys do your videos do you do them yourselves yeah we for cora and rudiments we do everything ourselves but we use a um a friend at unlv for recording mm-hmm. he's a, an audio engineer and trombonist uh zach mejia at blue humboldt records and he has a little recording studio inside of his house. He's a very inspiring person. So we do the social distancing in there and he records us. And usually because we try not to um, rehearse in person too much because of COVID. So we'll rehearse the song before um, we play it in the studio and then we record it. Yep. Right then. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of typical for like people that do um movies you know in la you know you get the music boom you rehearse it once there you go record it there you go so you know our songs yeah we can we get them down uh well enough to record if they sound they sound great (laughs) i don't want to say we we just slap it together but (laughs) no but you're still sort of in the moment right you're still in the moment it's not like you've played you've rehearsed it 20 times and it's just like okay well here's how it goes you're, you've still got some sort of 
the, the the new creative spark as you're doing it. That's cool to think about. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, there are some organizations around town that have been doing live stream and videos for um, musicians with this with the proper social distancing guidelines, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Jam Session Downtown. You'll see Cora oh. on there soon. It'll just be the guitarist and the singer. But there are other things that we do to keep busy. So so what about you? you I mean, you have the live stream coming up. Is that all that you have going on? Yeah. Um, actually, no. I'm actually, I have a few things going on. Um, one of the things I've been very fortunate to have is Jerry Lopez and I have been... <laughs> composing and producing music for infomercials Oh, for that's like cool. the last, geez, it's probably been the last almost 15 years, mm-hmm. 10, 15 years. And, uh, it's one of those things that you don't ever think you never think about things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, well that's my goal. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to compose music for infomercials, <laughs> but it's been a wonderful thing because we, uh, how we get paid is basically on the back end. So it's, it's basically like royalties. Mm. So, uh, that's kind of been a godsend during the COVID because we get it, we get, we get a check every six months That's great from BMI. And, um, you know, if I didn't have that, it, I'm not exactly sure what I'd be doing. I'd probably, <laughs> I'd be doing a lot more. I'd probably be in the studio live streaming every day you know, asking for tips and donations <laughs> and all that, you know, like I'd a be, virtual panhandler. I'd be a busker. <laughs> I'd be a total busker. But so there's that. Um, and, uh, I'm in the middle of working on my CD, which is a lot of work and a lot of fun. Mm. Um, and, uh, I figured what better time to do that than right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, in the middle of that. I'm going to mix it myself, which is a really immense challenge. Um, but interestingly enough, my last, you know, 10 years of doing this infomercial stuff has kind of taught me how to mix, you know, cool. I've kind of, I've had to learn how to do that. And um, so it's kind of laid the groundwork for that. So I'm going to, I'm going to mix it. I'm going to have a, a friend of mine do the mastering and then it'll be out uh, on Spotify. It'll be out on Apple Music. I'll have physical CDs. And um, so there's that going on. Uh, we're doing this podcast. Great. So there's that going on. <laughs> and, you know, the biggest thing for me when the quarantine hit was figuring out <clears throat> what am I going to do with myself first and foremost. And I realized, first of all, I have to keep my voice in shape. Mm. Okay. I have to, I'm someone that I need to vocalize on a regular basis and sing on a regular basis to keep it in shape. So I realized I got to start, A, I got to start live streaming because it's going to force me to keep singing. Two, people need music right now. Oh yeah. People need music. People need to be entertained. People need a respite from just sitting at home, you know, and watching TV. Mm -hmm. So um, I had to figure out how do I make this live stream sound great? Because the last thing I wanted to do, uh, I didn't want to just hold my iPhone up and hit, you know, go live on Facebook and do it that way. I wanted to, 
I've got a little bit of geek nerd <laughs> in me. <laughs> so I wanted it to sound like my studio, right? I wanted to plug everything into my audio interface and make it sound good with reverb and, and all of that. So um, that was a learning curve for me to figure out how do I do that? How do I make it look great? Um, and uh, so that was an adventure that I'm still, you know, learning. Um, but fortunately, you know, I got a lot of people going, how are you getting your live stream to sound so good? Right? <laughs> it's like, why do, it sounds really good. What are you doing? So I ended up doing a little YouTube tutorial on how I was pulling that off. And um, so, you know, still learning that. You made that YouTube tutorial or did you find one? Did you say you made one? I made one. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's... I did make one. I mean, there's probably a lot of them out there, mm -hmm. but I did one based on my setup. Mm. Um, and for anybody out there who wants to do that, what I've learned throughout the process is that it's not a one size fits all. Like I have my audio equipment. So the way I did things didn't quite work for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's, it's really interesting where they're like, well, I followed your exact instructions and it's not working. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's trial and error, but that's what, that's what we do. Right. Anyways, as creative people, we try stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. So exactly. Well, how are we doing here? Uh, how are we doing on time? I don't, I don't know. We're, <laughs> we're, we're at about, we're already at about 30 minutes. Oh. And I think, by the way, for those of you listening, uh, I think every episode is going to be about 30 minutes, right? Yeah. That's what we're going to do. 30, 45 minutes. Not too long, not too short. Perfect. Um, well, Amy, this has been fun. This is great. I learned a lot about you that I didn't necessarily know. Well, you know, likewise. I usually see you on stage. <laughs> right. You know what? That's Isn't that an interesting thing, though, As you, when you're a performer? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times we don't realize all the different people that come and hear us. Oh, I've seen you at so-and-so. I've seen you this many times, right? And I think one of the things that we should never forget as performers is we never know who in the audience we're impacting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? And, mm -hmm. and with music, we can impact people in a very powerful, powerful way sometimes and without realizing it, right? And, um, so I'm proud to be a part of that, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's awesome that you, you want to teach, you want to perform, you want to just be a whole part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. We should thank Ann Parenti, who's sitting over there, <laughs> who really is funding this podcast and mm -hmm. started the whole thing. And again, we want to thank the Vegas Room for hosting us. And uh, we'll be talking to the owners of the Vegas Room on a, on a future episode. Thanks, Great. Amy. Yeah, thank you. And uh, be on the lookout for more episodes with various types of artists and people of the arts. You have been listening to the Chic Compass Connection podcast. To learn more about Chic Compass magazine, visit chiccompass.com. That's C-H-I-C-C-O-M-P-A-S-S.com. Thanks again to The Vegas Room for hosting us. Visit thevegasroom.com to find out more about this great supper club. This is Jamie Hosmer. Thanks for listening. 